to an all-new, brand-new Russell Wortham Show, coming to you live, as always, commercial-free, from my super-secret back cave. Folks, we're back, and back in the middle of greatness. First things first, I know people around the world have been like, hey, who's the president? And I'm going to say, I don't know. I don't know who the president's going to be, but... We will count every vote, every legal vote. We will make sure that we get these things right because this is too important not to get right. So, folks, just like Joe Biden says, just calm down. Just calm down. Be cool. We're going to get through this together. Just be patient. It's good. We're good. So just be patient. That's all I got to say. All right. Cool. Right? Right. So, this week we have a bit of a smallish episode. Uh, so, here's the, uh, here is the roadmap for you guys. So, we are going to uh, be talking, obviously, about Halloween Havoc uh, that uh, happened this past uh, weekend. Uh, also, we are going to be talking about the uh, draft... Just I, I won't go through every single person because we'd be here forever. But I'm just gonna pick a few random people and just see if you know that was a good fit. That they either stayed on Raw or they went to SmackDown or or vice versa. But before we do that, of course, it is week two, technically uh, episode four, but for all intents and purposes, uh, episode three of Dark Side of the Ring Brawl for All. Oh my gosh, where do I start with this? Uh, first of all, it was a cluster. <laughs> okay, it was a cluster because, well, here's how this all came around. So, back in the day, when Vince Russo was one of the head writers, if not the head writer for WWE, he went uh, into the locker room and uh, John Bradshaw Layfield kept saying, know what I'm the toughest I'm the toughest guy here I'm the toughest guy here nobody can take me and Vince just got so angry so upset saying no I know a half dozen people that can take you legitimately so guess what uh I'm going to let's let's have a legit uh, fighting tournament let's let's see who's the toughest and so it was a boxing uh tournament that frankly in all seriousness was it was a cluster it was just an absolute cluster of a time that were so just invested in this idea Vince McMahon thought that was a good idea and yet it just missed the mark so they went through basically the entirety of the uh, tournament and there really were no rules it was just come out and just start swinging at each other and it was just it was brutal to watch just just the whole thing um this was uh, set up for dr death steve williams to uh come in and have the well let, let, let me back up if i may so basically the prize was seventy five thousand dollars and you get a push when you are uh, doing a program with really one of the most over uh, wrestlers at the time, Stone Cold Steve Austin. 
So it's like, oh my gosh, I get a run with Steve Austin? Oh, geez, that's amazing. And, I mean, everybody would have taken that. So that was what was up for, for grabs. Now, WWE had signed Dr. Death, uh, Steve Williams, to come in. And they were going to build the tournament around him. It was still going to be legitimate. But the idea was for Steve, presumably, to, to just bulldoze his way through all the uh, competition. It was a 16 uh, man competition, and uh, you know the the, the the expectation was that <clears throat> uh, Doctor Death was going to go in. He was going to win. He was going to win handily. What happened? Well, he lost badly. He lost badly. Uh, Bart Gunn kept you know hearing from you know people in the uh, locker room, hearing from uh, Jim Cornette, hearing from. Uh, Hearing from uh, Jim Cornette, hearing from Vince Russo, you can't do it. You can't beat Dr. Death. You can't do it. And he said, watch me. I'll knock his backside out. What do he do? He goes in. He knocks Dr. Death, Steve Williams. So Steve Williams never got a run with WWE. And it's, it's a shame because he was one of the most legit bad A wrestlers on this planet. It was just, it was just, uh. so Bart Gunn goes through the tournament, and then, you know, he wins the tournament, and what's his reward for winning the tournament? Going up against Butterbean. <laughs> Butterbean, circa about 20 years ago, was, I mean, yes, he's a novelty, but, I mean, this guy was country strong, good lord, I mean, he, he could hit you like a ton of bricks with Butterbean, and he gets knocked out, what, in about a minute? minute and a half, maybe? Uh, in the first round. The fans weren't really, fans weren't really into it, and so, I, I don't know. It, it, it's, you know, uh, there's playful sniping between, uh, let's say, Jim Cornette and, uh, and uh, Eric Bischoff, or Annette, and um, Bruce Pritchard, or vice versa. But the one universal truth, if I can use that phrase, the one universal truth is that Jim Cornette and Vince Russo, honest to goodness, hate each other's guts. They hate each other's guts. They can't even stand to even talk about each other. That's how acrimonious that relationship is. I won't get into it because, again, there's <laughs> too much to get through. But I will say this. That is the level of disdain that those two had for each other. So I would say that is the most god-awful thing I've ever heard. Or if Jim Cornette says, yeah, I came up with this idea. And Vince Russo, who comes at it from a fan perspective... Uh, not a, you know, I've been in wrestling forever perspective, but as a wrestling fan perspective, he's saying, no, 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 we got to jazz it up. We got to make this, you know, we got to make this good, uh, you know, and then and, and whatever, and edgy and whatever. So it's it's just, it's, it's sad that they're basically going after each other on a near constant basis. But, you know, hey, oil and water. 
that's that's basically that. So that's brawl for all next week, and this is gonna be an ouch one. <laughs> this is gonna be another ouch uh, moment, and that is uh, they are doing Jimmy Snuka, and oh man, I mean brother Snuka, <laughs> brother Snuka, man. Ah, but I, 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 you know. I don't know what happened. Um, he he killed his girlfriend at the time. He was apparently cheating on his wife. So I I don't know how that all look. I, I don't know how that all works. I will get through that next week. But onwards and upwards we go. And uh, so let me uh, very very quickly uh, pull this up here uh, with the. Uh, W E uh, draft twenty twenty. So uh, again, won't go through all the names, but and kind of give you you know an idea what's you know what's going on. Um, so Drew McIntyre stays in Raw. Roman Reigns uh, stays on SmackDown. Those two were were pretty much like okay. Oscar uh, stays on Raw again. That's that's not a big uh, shock. Seth Rollins goes from Raw to SmackDown. Now, that's significant because I think that he had played out his whole Monday Night Messiah uh, bit on on Raw. Um, I, although I, I, I dig, <laughs> I really dig how uh, they, they say, please welcome the Monday Night Messiah. And I'm like, oh, that's just... Oh, it just flows, man. It's it's so cool. <laughs> I'm kind of a geek for for uh, that sort of thing. Um, Rance path. Um, AJ Styles uh, goes uh, from uh, SmackDown to Raw. Was the backbone of SmackDown for many many years. Absolutely no doubt. Uh, no no doubt. But problem is, where is that glass ceiling? He was hitting that glass ceiling pretty hard. And so now you get him back onto Raw, where he has a chance at the WWE Championship, maybe. And I say maybe because, I mean, he's a heel, Randy Orton is a heel. They don't necessarily like heel versus heel or face versus face matches. But I gotta say that when you are telling people, hey, I'm on Monday Night Raw. People watch Raw more than they do SmackDown. Sorry, that's just a fact. It's been a fact for 20-some-odd years. That is a fact. So you got to look at it, and you got to say, okay, are we going to make this Raw around AJ Styles? And, yeah, uh, his bodyguard is just huge. My gosh. Uh, he's he's just he's ginormous. I I can't believe it. Um, Sasha Banks, your new uh, SmackDown Women's Champion on uh, SmackDown. Of course, Nia Jax, Shane Baszler, the Women's Tag Team Champions. They're they're still on Raw. Um, Jay Uso stays on uh, SmackDown. Uh, the Mysterios go from Raw. I think this works because it's taking a storyline that has just been dragging on and on and on and on for months and saying no guess what we're not going to do that 
and we're going to put it on the B show. Not saying you know that to be uh, dis uh, you know dismissive of SmackDown, but I mean it is the B show. So you know we're going to put it on the B show so that people can still kind of sort of follow that whole thing. We're going to push more of our bigger uh, uh, storylines that we haven't explored. We're going to push those on Raw, and I, I, I think that's just brilliant. Uh, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods go from SmackDown to Raw again. I think that works. Um, and then um, Angel Garza stays on on Raw. Um, <clears throat> as far as uh, Night uh, Night 2, um, The Fiend goes from SmackDown to Raw. Again, that was a big move. That was probably the biggest move of the draft. And I think it takes Bray Wyatt from kind of an afterthought to, no, we're really pushing The Fiend. And if you've watched some of The Fiend's work with uh, Alexa Bliss, oh, <laughs> Alice in Wonderland thing, that was genius. Whoever wrote that, that's just genius. I mean, poor Rambling Rabbit. He keeps, he's been stuck into a blender. He's been uh, mutilated, uh, I think, by an animal. He's <clears throat> He's been hammered to death. Uh, not really, but allegedly uh, poisoned. I, I mean, th- this character just keeps going and going. I mean, is he immortal or something? I, it's crazy, but I, I love, I love Alexa Bliss. I love this side of Alexa Bliss. And it, it plays off of, it, it's almost Harley Quinn-esque of just, I don't know. So she's kind of the Harley Quinn to Bray Wyatt's Joker. Not really good one-to-one comparison or translation, but that is basically what is going on. So I, I love that. Randy Orton's, uh, or Randy Orton, I should say, uh, says on uh, Raw. Street Profits go to SmackDown, so they just swap belts with uh, the New Day. Um, Braun Strowman goes from SmackDown to Raw, and I again, I think that's good to give him a bit of a chance to get some get some shine on him um, after his I don't say disastrous, but his disastrous run as the Universal Champion. Um, finally, a uh, couple of others um you've got daniel bryan staying on smackdown that makes sense because he has come out and said you know what i want to be a part-time wrestler i want to pick and choose my dates and again if you're going to do that you might as well put him on smackdown so that you know he is going to have these big matches at this stage of his career this point of his life how many more big matches are, are out there for him? I mean, he's faced AJ Styles, which is, I mean, it's insane. I mean, the match that he had with AJ was a freaking wrestling clinic. It was like 45 minutes of greatness. It was like, oh, my gosh, and I, I'm, I'm going to probably watch the darn thing uh, maybe today <laughs> when I get done with this. So that shows you how great this rivalry uh, was now, but thing is, with Daniel Bryan, where does he go? If he's going to just 
fade off into the sunset here in the next year or two. Uh, you might as well just put him on SmackDown. Uh, finally, uh, Kevin Owens goes from Raw to SmackDown. I don't like that because Kevin Owens is a big-name player, but the problem is they're not really using him. So if you're not really using Kevin Owens, and if he's just losing matches left and right, and... The KO show is, 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 is great. I love the KO show. But if you're not going to re- really use them, yeah, of course. You just got to maybe put them back to SmackDown and say, okay, let's let's try to give you you know some room to breathe and all that. Finally, Retribution stays on Raw. We've talked about Retribution. So that that's basically, uh, again, it's not everybody, but those are some of the main players. Here's the deal. If you are WWE and you really believe in your heart of hearts that uh, this is going to be a thing, then yeah, it's going to be a thing. Will they do this every year? Hey, I'd love to see them do this you know, every year. Um, so um, there is that. Right now, Halloween Havoc, uh, Johnny Gargano defeating Damian Priest, uh, the Devil's Playground match for the North American Championship. It was a great match. It went all over the Capitol Wrestling Center. It, I mean, it ended up literally amongst the tombstones when uh, Johnny Gargano, with uh, help, it looked looked like Candice LeRae, uh, you know, uh, uh, dressed up as Ghostface from Scream, uh, gets involved. And then Johnny Gargano, in one of the scariest uh, thuds I've ever heard in my life, and that was Damian Priest getting knocked off the platform uh, onto the uh, tombstones, and uh, one, two, three, and and there's your new champion. It it was a great match. Um, Santos Escobar defeating Jake Atlas. I mean, it was a short match. Not really much to, to talk about. This next match, this was fun. This was what the Wyatt compound match, whatever the heck, with Randy Orton should have been. This is what this should have been. And that was Dexter Loomis beating uh, Cameron Grimes. And uh, it was just, it was so entertaining. I mean, they, they say, you know, time, because it was... Part cinematic, part uh, live, um, but it was it was brilliant. And hearing, oh my gosh, hearing Bad Street USA. Okay, yeah, that that took me back to my childhood, man. That 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 is one of the coolest. Honest to goodness, is one of the coolest songs like ever because it's so iconic. You hear Bad Street and you think, oh, Freebirds. Oh, cool. You know, so yeah, it, it's just that simple, and it just really, it just really made things just work. Um, so uh, now I don't know who was in the uh, passenger seat. Um, you know, uh, when Michael Hayes, you know, came out and and threw in Cameron Grimes <laughs> into the van. Uh, so I don't know who was in in shotgun. But, uh, so, I'll, I'll, I tell you what, I'll, I'll figure it out, I'll tell you next week, just a bit of fun fact trivia, yeah. anyway, uh, so there's that, 
uh, Rhea Ripley um, uh, defeating uh, Raquel Gonzalez. This was a clash of the titans. I know they use that that phrase like almost too much. It was the clash of the titans. These two women went after each other like you couldn't think. Like I said, I told you guys months ago, if she puts everything together, she's going to be one scary lady to deal with. And she's putting stuff together. Her size, her strength, her speed, her agility. I mean, Raquel Gonzalez. I mean, she lost. But, man, she gave Rhea Ripley fits. I, sign me up for this match a lot, okay? This is the match that should be made uh, quite a bit. Yes, yes, yes. Ultimately, you got to get Rhea back the NXT Women's Championship, but... Give me some more Raquel Gonzalez versus Rhea Ripley. Please give me more of that. That was brilliant. Uh, finally, uh, Io Shirai defeating Candice LeRae in a tables and scares match uh, for the NXT uh, Women's Championship. Now it's Johnny Gargano's uh, turn to play Ghostface, uh, but that backfired. Um, Io Shirai, um, I mean, she... she Oh my gosh. I mean, she is vicious. And I don't mean that in a bad way. She's just vicious. And I'm glad that WWE is giving Io Shirai a proper run because she is, if not the best, one of the best at this moment, one of the best, not just women's wrestlers, one of the best wrestlers on this planet. I am glad that they're giving Io Shirai a chance. She can speak English, folks. There's no two ways about it. She can speak English. She is getting better at her promos. And I think, I think that Yoshirai could go forward and and be a great champion for a year, maybe two, you know, and, and go from there. Here's, here's, here is the dream match that will never happen, but here is the dream match that I want to see happen. WWE, uh, if you are listening, okay, uh, I've got a gentleman that uh, is following me on Twitter. Uh, that he's one of the hosts from The Bump. Dude, if you're listening, if you have any chance, any prayer of talking to Vince McMahon, please, 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 how many pleases can I put in there? Please make uh, Io Shirai versus Asuka. That is the ultimate dream match. Oh my gosh, that that would be insane. They would just, uh, oh my gosh, that would be insane. That would be, oh, mm-mm, mm-mm. Oh, that is some good, that's some good stuff right there. <laughs> anyway, right, well, that is this week's show, folks. Hope everybody is uh, well, we are screaming towards Survivor Series, the 30th anniversary of The Undertaker's first appearance in WWE. So, we are getting towards that uh, point in time. So, until next week, folks, this is Russell Wortham, and just like the Beatles sang all those many years ago, and especially as meaningful and powerful as it is today, love is all you need. I will see you guys next week.